Hi again, everybody. It's me, JR Man. How are you? Welcome to your Life's Work podcast. What are you doing? Huh? What's going on in your life? You okay? Things good? Today is day 28 on the big social media fast. I'm off the twits, the insta, and the face. And I'm moving in intentionally every day on the big podcast to say hello to some of the people that are in my life that I love. All the people that give me the biggest mojo and juice of love. Today it's Brandon Irwin. He's in Los Angeles, California, post editor. He's a post guy. He, he, he posts shows, reality shows, uh, docudramas. It's fascinating. And he's got a little kid. His name is Puma. And he's got a wife named Abby. And we're going to talk about getting eaten alive. Here's Brandon. Brandon, it's me. I'm on the big podcast. You're putting Puma to bed, I bet. Okay, I'm calling back. Hello? 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 Can you hear me? Dude, I gotta be honest with you, and... You know, for what you do for a living, like doing the this production every day it can be such a pain in the ass. <laughs> the podcast production. Yeah, I mean it's 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 like it's day twenty seven. No, well you you're gonna be day twenty eight. And I'm just telling you, man, like people how do these people do these YouTube things every day? Because I would like shoot myself. Oh, you're like a J.R. Neistat going right now. I mean, here's here's the thing, too, right? It's like I used to produce television shows every single day, and, and I don't think I got as... Burnt out? Yeah, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. Are you rolling? Dude, of course I'm rolling. You're always rolling. Dude, I'm always rolling. Tell everybody... Uh, well, for, you were putting Puma to bed, weren't you? Yeah, I was uh, just got out of the room. Yeah, we kind of got uh, to bed late tonight. That's why. That's why I couldn't pick up earlier when you called. No, I'm gonna. But, yeah, I'm including. I'm including the first call that I made in the podcast. <laughs> the message you left. <laughs> okay, so tell everybody who you are and uh, what where you are and all things about you. Please go. All right, uh, I'm Brandon Irwin, and uh, my social security number is. Wait, what's yours? <laughs> Make something up. Island. Make something up. It's zero two seven six four nine twelve seven. Yeah, that's it. How do you know it? That's creepy. You're a spiritual director, right? Um, no, I, uh, I, I am. Um, I work in television. I work in uh, reality TV, docudramas, uh, and I live in Los Angeles with my wife, beautiful wife, and my awesome kid. Uh, Abby is my wife, and Puma is my kid, and um, he's two years old, and he's the best. We just—I just got done introducing him to wrestling tonight. Not not oh, watching it, but yes. like that. Uh, I was like, hey, you want to wrestle? Because he's been, like, pushing me lately. 
like when when we're in the grass or something he'll like come over and try and push me down and so tonight i was like let's wrestle and so we're just being ridiculous it's really hard to wrestle with a toddler because like you're so much stronger than them (laughs) and you're like okay i gotta not hurt you and like they're just like all in and like throwing them their bodies and their heads at your knees and your shoulders and you're just like you have to dodge it, but then make it fun and then like have them fall, but then like kind of catch them, you know, <laughs> it's really fun. What's the, um, what's the key to having a toddler? Because like most people would say the key to having a toddler is a lot of wine or marijuana edibles, but what's the good, an- <laughs> but what's the good answer? <laughs> what's the? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the key is. Maybe someone else can tell me what the key is. Yeah. I mean, I still have them. Like, there's no... I haven't figured out a way to get rid of them yet, so I don't know what the key is. <laughs> right. And for the record, he's not going anywhere. You know what I mean? So you're... <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah. You're, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not... just joking. <laughs> um, okay, so reality TV docudrama. What don't people know about reality TV and docudrama? And for the record, and just let me straighten something out real quick. So I've sure. got I've got basically three categories of people that I that I've been talking to along the forty days, day twenty eight, and there there is television people that I know because I used to work in television, people yeah. that I know because I've worked in ministry projects, and then there's yeah. the people I've met at a porn show. And you yeah. are one of the people that I've met in a, at a porn show. We've done like all three, kind of. Yeah, and that's that's the other thing is you kind of represent all three. Uh, and, and 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 for the record, there's very few people that have been on the podcast that do represent all three areas. So so this is fa- this is great. This is like such a trifecta for me. Yeah, just for the record, to be clear. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. what don't people know about about reality TV that are living in Middle America and don't have the uh, inside skinny to the reality TV docudrama invite world? Like, what don't people know? Uh, um. Well, one thing uh, is it takes so much effort to make a thirty minute show that people are just going to watch as they fall asleep. It's crazy. Like he's been like months and months like shooting. And then I, I do, I mostly am in the post-production aspect. And that's when after, after uh, the directors and cinematographers and camera people, which, you know, these reality shows have all those people like producers and like makeup and like, location scouts like after they're done like shooting all that stuff which is all like like crazy in and of itself then all the footage gets uh, thrown back to my department which is post-production and that's where like the actual show takes like kind of becomes an actual show like we start cutting uh, scenes together we start developing the characters and figuring out who's interesting and like who's saying this and like you know uh, what what drama is happening, what interesting things people are finding, you know, like in the jungle or, you know, like whatever, like what, like we kind of carve out the reality from like the, the hunk 
a hunk of footage that we get, which is like, it's kind of like sculpting or something. It's like, you, we could give them like this giant piece of granite. It's like this beautiful polish and like they work so hard and it looks amazing. And then we kind of cut it all away to like make something that makes sense and it's interesting. And it like takes so much time. And it's so funny. It's like, it's been like months and like heartache and like, like drama, like within just the, you know, post-production facility, people's like ideas getting like crushed or like people working on like a scene for like a week and like they really love this thing they did in the cut and then all of a sudden it gets, you know, like axed from the show because, you know, some exec or like a producer or a showrunner, you know, doesn't like, like, like they just like, we or maybe like there's not enough time for like that thing. And so like all the hard work that you have done could possibly like just get like, destroyed and obliterated and no one ever sees the light of day and then also like you work on shows and then a lot a lot of okay so that's one thing it's like <laughs> it takes so much work and then like people like binge it you know like in one weekend or they just kind of like watch it and they're falling asleep and it's kind of like no nonsense you know like tv that you don't really care about and even though it seems like maybe uh something that you can passively watch, it still takes a massive amount of work and people are like really, really working hard to make it interesting. It's, yeah. So that's, that's something. What are the, some of the projects that everybody would recognize that you've worked on? Uh, I worked on uh, one of the bigger ones or a couple of big ones are treasure quest on the discovery channel. Yeah. Uh, there's Yeah two or three seasons i can't recall uh, i've been doing mostly like the graphic motion graphics on on a lot of these shows so i don't actually get to watch a lot of the episodes but um treasure quest is a big one and then i also worked on this um special this two-hour special i forget what i think it was discovery or maybe uh, yeah i forget what network he was on but it was called eaten alive and it was this guy who like it's like a explorer and like nature or animal conservationist and he went down to like the amazon to find the biggest snake in existence what is um so you know i mean the company that you work for obviously you know making money on the shows what is the draw like you know because people will always say oh i don't i don't watch reality tv i don't watch docudrama but it's all a bunch of bs as we know at the end of the day because you know when i was making tv when when i was making tv people would be like i don't watch tv and i'd be like bullshit man the numbers say something different what is the draw to reality tv what do you think it is uh i kind of think that's um maybe the everyday peopleness of it but oh it's actually probably not that it's probably i think it you know what i think it is i think it's the everyday lifeness of it but like um turned into like narratives that are easily understandable and digested you know with uh things getting like people having like characters that want to you know have a goal and then they try to achieve the goal and there's all this all these roadblocks and and characters that get in the way of that goal and then and then at the end they're either successful or they fail and and um but it's all kind of wrapped in this everydayness you know it's like larger than life you know like ice road truckers or, or something dude ice it's road like, truckers such a great show yeah it's 
it's like something that's interesting that you you would maybe never do like yourself but it all the people are real and like are just like you and me they're not like celebrities you're not like uh superheroes they're just like just a dude at a truck driving down a crazy ice road and like almost dies and like you you know you kind of feel for it so i, th- I think it's the the narrative making of like the everyday life because like life isn't very narrative it doesn't have a lot of narrative it's kind of random and now you're also you're also a tea guy and i tell people you're a tea master like when i talk to people who come into the house and drink out of that tea thing that you gave me i go yeah i know a guy he's a tea master and he's also an editor in la tell us about your passion and your this i mean because it's it's such a great for me i've loved watching you do the tea thing so tell us why what is in tea that you just so love what is that thing um i think it's a lot of hmm, i like the practice of it and uh and tell people with, tell people what that means tea, yeah with tea um and you can get into it with coffee too if you really really into doing like pour overs and like and um stuff like that like you can get into like the practice of, of making a good cup of coffee and there's like a little bit of meditation in there but with uh, the tea I, I do a specific style of making tea um i drink like normal tea it's like a green tea it's like a black tea it's like an oolong tea it's it's super high quality tea i drink specifically a lot of pu'er tea that probably uh people haven't heard a lot about plus this like amazing tea from china which is made out of uh the same leaves as all the other teas uh camellia sinensis so it's it's like a green tea but is that the is that, that the tea it, that uh, looks like pot that comes in the bags that look like pot is that the tea that i'm always saying looks like dope yeah you're always saying it looks like drugs but it's not well i guess it's a drug because it has caffeine well it, dude let i mean come on let's be real that the tea so the tea that brandon makes or likes or loves he or you order from china and it comes in bags that when you open the bag and pull it out it really does look like dried pot that's what it looks like well it's because they uh the way that people do pu'er tea is um they compress it into cakes and blocks and bricks and stuff and so and uh it's like a traditional style they used to do like back you know like a thousand years ago they would they would compress the tea into these uh blocks and then they would put them on like the backs of horses and the more compressed it was the tea wouldn't go bad you know when they had to go from china to like the middle east or whatever and so that's why they're compressed like that. And it was primarily like pu'er tea and tea from the Yunnan region that got compressed into these shapes. And so uh, they still have that tradition now. And it looks really cool. It's like a big round disc, uh, like a hard frisbee, and but it's made of tea and then you like chip some off and then you drink it. But that's what? because it's compressed. That's why it looks like. What did what 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 have Americans missed along this way? Because like the tea that you've in, I'm 52, man. And it's like I didn't get introduced to this until 
you turned into a tea master and turned me on to it, but I missed it for 52 years. How do, how do we Americans miss this great Asian influence? Like, I, I mean, obviously we drink tea, but how the hell did we miss all the great tea? Well, uh, industry probably. Cause like, uh, it's super easy to put crappy tea in a tiny bag and make a billion of them and sell it. So, um, gotta be like industry if you're if you're okay so if people who are listening that are that are just interested in drinking some really great tea and and i'm and again people who know me i'm not a tea advocate or anything so uh, but i'm i'm advocate like the tea that brandon's brought to the house because they come and hang out and stay long enough that we can do tea how do people get like your favorite tea like direct people on how to get that great tea oh Super easy. You open up your phone or computer or get on your your fancy futuristic glasses, and then you, you go to uh, uh, www.white2t.com, or you go to uh, Bitterleaf Teas. I think that's bitterleafteas.com. Those are my two favorite places to get teas. They, they kind of curate some of the best teas. There's, there's plenty of other shops. There's like Urchin Tea and like there's a Portland tea um, place, Crimson Lotus. Uh, but uh, there's plenty. But the first two that I'd probably send you to is White 2 Tea because it's, like, super trendy. Kind of, like, their wrappers are really cool. Like, there's this black tea I love. You know, black tea in China is called red tea. And so this tea, this black tea is called Natural Redhead. And it's super good. <laughs> I would I would probably like that tea. Yeah, I'm actually going to send you some, uh, since I'm sure the carpet matches the drapes. <laughs> let, sorry, let, sorry. let me no, Please. let me listen. Your podcast, edit that out. You're good, man. That's uh, the carpet matches the drapes. That's a thing. Just so you know, with the redheads, people, oh you would gosh, you, no. listen. No, everyone's imagining it. Dude. You I'm would sorry, listen. I did you, that. you would be shocked at how often I'm asked that very question. Yeah. I'm for whatever people people make people make these crazy. Listen, every everybody has their thing about who they are or about how they are, right? Blacks, Mexicans, Asians, but redheads. We have a specific thing that happens out there in the public, and you public, you know what the hell I'm talking about. And there's questions that are asked of me that are highly, highly not appropriate. And that they, <laughs> never, I'm, just I'm glad I've never been around. I want to see you like go off on somebody about that. Just like give them a 10 minute like description about what's going on. Oh my gosh, dude. Redhead. You'd go all in on it. You'd be like, all right, let's no, describe I, things. I've got no problem telling people my business. Yeah. Um, so oh, anyway, white2t.com yeah. is really good. And uh, the way I specifically make tea is through like a style called Gung Fu style. Which Wait, is, what uh, is it again? Kung Kung Fu? What is it? Yeah, well, you know, like the uh, Kung Fu and Gong Fu are essentially like similar terminologies, and but it's uh, the when you make tea, it's called Gong Fu, like with a G. Gotcha. It's and but it means the same thing. It means like making tea with skill, and so when I make tea, I don't use like a teapot, like a Western teapot. I use something called uh, gaiwan, and it's basically a gaiwan is just a little cup with a lid, and um, 
and uh, you make like you put a ton of tea in, like way more than you would put in a, a teapot if you're making like British tea or English tea. You put like four times as much tea in this tiny little cup, and then you steep it for like ten seconds. Instead of steeping tea for like two minutes or five minutes, you steep it for like ten seconds. And when you and when you say steeping, you mean hot water and tea mixing. That's what you mean. Yeah, you boil some water. You bring a you bring a water to an appropriate temperature for the tea, which all tea has different. Pro- I end up boiling everything. I just I really like strong tea, so unless unless it's like a really a really uh, unique tea that deserves something that has like specific instructions, I, I normally bring my water to a boil. Or See, like this a green is tea, this green is tea, what, I, I wouldn't boil. So that that's where it gets to be the pain in the ass for me. Like, okay, I'm gonna have to think about like coffee, right? I open the Keurig, I jam the plastic thing in there that's ruining the earth. I press the the start thing, and boom, I got coffee a minute later. But now I'm thinking about, well, what kind of boiling temperature do I have for my tea, and what kind of tea, and does the tea come with instructions? I mean, that's a that's the but that's the practice you're talking about, right? That's, that's kind of the practice. That's yeah. like the that's the with the skill part, you know. Like you, it's it's something to get good at. It's not it's not uh, like you can you can you can boil all your tea. That's fine. You, know, you might get some some tea might become like a little more uh, harsh when you drink it or something. But um, you can do the same thing you do with coffee. But like the the practice is is kind of like learning the tea and like having a conversation with the tea, you know, like, Oh, if I, I put this temperature of water in with you, like you're going to like come back with this bitterness. And so I'm going to lower the temperature a little bit on the second steep, you know? And, and so you just kind of like dial in each tea. But uh, when you do it with a uh, guy and like such small quantity quantities, it's really, it's not that big of it's not that pain, big a pain. It's not that big of a deal or a pain in the ass because if you get it wrong, you just you can make it um, immediately make a different cup and do it differently. It's yeah. not. It's not like a 10, 20 minute ordeal where if you start it over again. Do the so, um, do the Brits know or use the good quality teas from Asia? And is Asia the only place that the good teas are coming out of? Uh. Okay, your part question. I see what you're doing. Uh, you know, this is the thing. A lot of if you had any uh, British people listening, then they'll probably. I do. I have. I ridiculous. have. A, I have. No, listen. I have a few Londoners that 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 listen regularly. So go for it. Well, it's just different styles. You know, like they put milk and and sugar in their tea, and you know, there is good tea in. There's plenty of good tea in Britain. There one of and there's a really good tea shop there. So if you're in London, go to Mayleaf. It's a really good company. What is it called? And, uh, it's called Mayleaf. Mayleaf. M-E-I-L-I and then Leaf. Anyway, so they they have good tea. There's just the, the tea is everywhere. You can get it anywhere. And with the internet you can get it anywhere. But the British people like their tea, like English tea, you know, the way that they've been doing it for hundreds and hundreds of years, but they 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 kind of stole the tea from China, like, and they planted it in India when they were all colonizing that place and had control of everything, and so they've got their own thing going on. Um, but 
China, uh, Japan, there is really good tea in India. Like, uh, you know, the places you've heard, like um, Assam and Darjeeling, like those are actually really high quality teas. There's interesting things going on in Africa and even some teas like in South America that I've tried that are pretty interesting. So, you know, people are doing it everywhere. So. Now you but, s- for the most part, for like all of history, in, in uh, China slash the Nepal area is where tea kind of comes from. You you also told me that in in L.A. and this freaked me out. There were like there were like tea meetup groups, and you've actually went and had tea with a couple strangers here and there just because they like tea too, and how you like tea. That's a thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is a thing. There's through like Instagram, you start following, you know, people that are local. And all over, or you just follow everyone that drinks tea and like likes the same things you like, and then you realize, oh, this person's in Los Angeles because of course they are because the millions of people live here. And so, like, I went and like went to Echo Park and had tea with this great guy, and uh, we had never met, but like we sat down by this lake and just like drank tea in the middle of Los Angeles and like talked about being dads, and like then. I haven't really seen him. We talk on Instagram. He did another tea thing today. I wish I could have gone to, but um, yeah, it was pretty crazy. It was kind of fun. Yeah, I, I, you know, just as spiritual practice goes, for me, your whole tea thing is is obviously spiritual practice, like one on one, because not only does it, you know, really help form you and what's inside of you, but it also creates community. So when you told me that story a few months ago, I was like elated because. So many people don't realize that their passions inside of them or the desires to do things inside of them is spiritual practice as it not only fulfills things for you and, and the creative in you, but it also pushes to community because now you know a guy in L.A. that likes the same thing you do, and I bet you had a freaking great time doing it. Yeah, it was great. It was fun. Okay, so I'm nervous. Do t- like, who is this person? <laughs> <laughs> like, I've never met you. But we like the same thing. Yeah, but it's a it's a risk you take because it's something that is is in you and it's coming out of you, and that's you know it's the love of the divine at the end of the day. Okay, tell me, um, tell everybody about your tea time with Puma or what what do you call it? I call it Brandon's cupboard. Oh yeah, Brandon's cupboard. Where can we see because he has this wonderful video series called Brandon's Cupboard, and it's basically you and Puma having tea. So tell everybody about this and where they can see it. Uh, shoot, it's on Instagram if you follow me, and on Facebook, and I think you can see some on YouTube. Uh, and I'll share it too much because. I'm not like trying to like broadcast it, but I like I like putting it out there. But it's what like, What's your Instagram so everybody can go look? It's Brand Irwin. So Brand Irwin. Brand Irwin at Instagram on Instagram. Yeah. Why don't then, you uh, Why don't you like? I mean, I mean, that's something that you create that's really freaking awesome. Why not chuck it out there? What's the problem? What's going on? Does the what what what's the what's the hesitancy there? Uh, Puma. I don't want, there's like, he's only two and it's like, I don't know who's watching these videos. I and also you. like, I got you. the more, the more you put, I mean, I try not to put too many photos of Puma online. Yeah. But, Cause no, it's like, it's, he's going to be like the most like tracked data wise generation 
in the world <laughs> until like the next generation, until his kids. Yeah. So I don't know. That's that's kind of why it's like I don't like I like doing it and I like sharing it, but I don't. I'm not like trying to yeah. get it out there. But, like, no. Everyone, yeah. yeah. The so, internet. But, yeah. It's, I mean, it's on there. Like if you find like if you go to my Instagram, there's some, and it is on YouTube on like Brandon Irwin or something. I I have a personal channel that I threw a couple on. Yeah. But you know, it's basically me and Puma drinking tea and he's funny cuz he's a he's a baby and he doesn't know anything. And, yeah, it's you know, dude, it's so hilarious. It's basically me wrangling the baby while me and I'm trying to drink tea, so that's kind of what's endearing about it. Yeah. Um okay, so part of this process for me over 40 days is to intentionally move into the people's lives that have just made a massive impact of my life. And before we go here, because we're wrapping up, um, I just want you to know how much I love you. You you literally are the most creative person that I know. Um, we talk often enough that you constantly inspire me. Your wife is just as ter- terrific as you are. And yeah, she's amazing. And she's amazing. And you, and she makes wonderful jewelry. And you can find the jewelry. If, you, if you're looking for any jewelry out there, like really great stuff, what, what is her deal? Erwin Bazaar, is that it? Yeah, you can find her stuff on Etsy at the Erwin Bazaar. Yeah, and I would definitely go check that out because it's amazing. But anyways, the, you have been with me through thick and thin, man, all kinds of ministry projects and television. Pro- you and I have traveled the country shooting stuff together and... Uh, we've also done ministry projects around the country and just, uh, gosh, you and Abby and Puma, I, I can't be more proud of you having met you when I met you and watched, you know, your life get married and have kids and move to LA and just become successful and, you know, all that shenanigans and, and not to mention your transformational kind of walk in the, into the divine has been wonderful. So thank you, buddy, for allowing me part of that journey with you and um, and being all in and loving me. I so appreciate that. Yeah, man. I love you. Oh, you're, you're, you're a good guy. All right, I'm going to let you go back and do whatever the hell you do on Sunday nights. All right. It's too bad we couldn't, like, write a script and, like, maybe I get really angry at you and then, like, we hang up. <laughs> and can we, like, hang up, like, in, like, this... Can we like scream at each other really quick? And I'll let you. Okay. Yeah. I'll let you do this. I'll let you scream at me and just hang up. And that's, and that's how we'll, that's how we'll end it. So right. we'll leave, leave a cliffhanger. Like, will they or won't they get back yeah. together? Any, like the Ross and Rachel. Any, do you want, you want me to count you into it? You want me to give you like a count into it? No, dude, I don't ever want you to get into accounting. You're not, you don't tell me what to do. Just because you're like a spiritual director and you, you, you know what, you make me so angry, you freaking natural redhead. You think you're so cool because you got red eye everywhere. Like, you know, you got like, like, what do you even think you're doing? You know, like you think you can just like give people like the answers that they need and they want, but you know, like they're not really asking for those answers. They don't even want people to listen. Like, you don't know me. You don't know me. You think you know me, even though we've had like conversations. We've known each other for years and we've done a porn show. It's, Blah, 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 blah. And I don't even know what I'm saying. But that's why I didn't even know. <laughs> um, Brandon Irwin, uh, one of the most creative guys that I've ever met. Um, he's a wonderful guy. Uh, go check out his T websites. Go check out his wife's uh, uh, Etsy page and uh, buy something. That'd be huge. But um, that's it. All right. Day 28 is a wrap. I am JR Man, com. I'm a spiritual director and mentor. And man, I love you, and I can't thank you enough for being all in on my passion. And if you want a session, call me, and we will hook up. I'm the guy that calls you back or picks up. I'm the guy that writes back. 
Uh, I guarantee I will. So, um, and grab my new book, Year. It's on Amazon, Year, J.R. Man. You can search anywhere you want or find it on my website, jrman.com. I love you, and we'll see you on day 29.